Good morning. Amen. And happy May the 1st. It's already another brand new month for us here in 2022. And here at Calvary Tabernacle, every May we recognize the accomplishments of our eighth grade students and our, our seniors, our high school seniors, as they get ready to transition into the, the next chapter of their lives. And uh, so we want to recognize our, our middle school and high school graduates today. Uh, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16, it says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. And so we see that having an education, having an understanding of not only uh, academic things, but things that are going on in our world and in our culture, it's important. It's important to us. It should be important to us, and it is important to God. And so we want to take the time to recognize those that have put in a lot of effort to uh, make sure that they are prepared for this next moment in their lives. And Calvary Tabernacle, we have a long tradition of honoring our students here because we believe in our young people here at Calvary Tabernacle. Come on, someone say that's good. We believe, we, we say it often, they're not the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today. We believe that they are the church of today. We're not just waiting on them to grow up so that they can contribute and be a part of the church, but they are every bit a part of the church as anyone else. And so we want to recognize some of the accomplishments that they have made in their lives and their personal lives over these last few years. And so we've got four students today, two middle school students and two high school students that are going to be moving up. And uh, we want to recognize them. And so all the information that I'm about to give you is all submitted through our online form. And we thank all of our students for taking the time to fill that out so that we could properly honor them today. And so we are going to start off with our middle school students, our middle school students. So our first student today is Miss Avery Carver. Miss Avery Carver, if you would come on up, Avery. As your name is called, you can come on up. We want to give you a gift and, and recognize everything that's happened. This year, Avery has participated in cross-country track and was the captain of the JV cheerleading squad. She was a part of the quiz bowl team that won second place at state. And she's a straight-A student in all pre-AP classes. That's impressive. She's a member of student council, and Avery was also selected to be in the GT program at school. So if y'all would give it up one more time for Miss Avery Carver. And you can just wait right here for one moment, Avery. Our other middle school student is Miss Kirian Thomas. Miss Kirian Thomas, come on up. Kirian was an A-B honor roll student in the 5th and 6th grade and an A honor roll student in 7th and 8th grade. She received the Citizenship Award in 6th grade, an Outstanding Science student in 7th grade, and she really excelled in athletics in her 8th grade year, placing 2nd in district in long jump, 3rd place in district in triple jump, 3rd in district in the 4x1 relay, 3rd in district in 4x2 relay, and 3rd in district in volleyball. So we've got an athlete on our hands for sure. So I'll give it up for Miss Kirian. She does sustain quite a few injuries. Uh, she's, she's always coming into youth limping or you have some kind of splint or cast or something on, but she's done an incredible job. So if y'all would, one more time, congratulate our middle school students. 
All right, and now we're going to recognize our high school graduates. This is a big moment in their lives for sure. Lots to happen here in the next few weeks and months for them. Uh, we want to make sure that we send them off into college and uh, give them a big, big, hearty Calvary Tabernacle send-off. So we want to recognize first Miss Emma Garrison. Emma is graduating Atlanta High School. She's been a member of the Atlanta band for seven years. She attended state competitions twice, and they placed in the top ten both times. She was also a cheerleader for four years, going to UIL competitions twice, and was awarded a state title. She is a member of the National Honor Society and has consistently been on the honor roll throughout her school years. And Emma plans to go to Texas A&M Texarkana and major in education. Where, she, where her goal is to become an English teacher. So y'all give it up one more time for Emma. And our other high school graduate this year is Miss Stacy Rollins. Stacy played varsity tennis and was part of the Liberty Ilo High School Band where she played the baritone. She's also a member of the National Honor Society. She plans to attend Stephen F. Austin University, majoring in social work and minoring in psychology. Her goal is to become a social worker, and we know we need that. And in addition to honoring them and their accomplishments uh, throughout these years of their, their high school career, we also at Calvary Tabernacle award students with academic assistance to help further their education. And each recipient goes through a formal application process and they provide school transcripts and all their future plans to our academic achievement awards committee. And the uh, committee reviews all the documentation and their academic history and community involvement, both in home and in church as well, and then awards academic assistance accordingly. And this year, both Emma and Stacy have completed this process and, uh, for academic assistance, and we would like to recognize their accomplishments today. And Calvary Tabernacle would wish to support your continuing education by awarding both students with a $2,000 Calvary Tabernacle Academic Assistance Award. And don't you know that will come in very, very handy, I'm telling you. I don't know if you've had a student in college lately or if you've been a student in college lately, but uh, it's pretty costly to, <laughs> to do that these days, so every bit helps, and so we want to uh, congratulate them with that. We're going to take a picture real quick. All right. Thank y'all so much, and congratulations to all of our graduates this year, both in middle school and high school. It's, uh, it can be a pretty nerve-wracking thing to be moving on to that next phase in life, and so we, we want to make sure that we are a church and a community of believers that really shows our support, and so I want to encourage you. This is just the youth pastor and me speaking. I want to encourage you 
If you have anything to give, just find them after service and just slip them a little $20 bill or something just to let them know that you love them, that you're proud of them, and that you support them. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The fear or the honoring of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It says, Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So I want to encourage our students. Don't despise wisdom. Don't despise instruction. But truly, not just in your academic life, but also in your spiritual life, get in the Word of God and come to know Jesus. And honoring the Lord is definitely the beginning of knowledge for you, and He will give you all the wisdom and knowledge that you need and are studying for. Amen. Amen. Y'all give them one more round of applause if you would. We also have, while I'm up here, we've, we've got another little portion of, of business, not really business. Uh, I'm excited, very, very excited about this. We want to introduce something new to you, and today is what we're going to be calling Bible Mission Sunday, and in fact, the first Sunday of every month, we will be uh, talking about and, and informing the church on what is happening through Calvary Tabernacle as far as missions are concerned. Um, and so we, we've got a very special thing that we want to introduce to you today and give you a, uh, the opportunity to come alongside the church with and support, and uh, that is the need for Bibles. I know here in the Bible Belt, having a Bible, owning a Bible is, is not uncommon. I'm sure every single person in this room, even our young toddlers, probably have a Bible of, of some sort, whether it's a little children's Bible or, or a full Bible or maybe just a New Testament Bible. We, church, I don't think we understand just how blessed we truly are to live in an area where we can hold this, we can stand in front of people openly with our doors unlocked and people welcomed in and with a microphone and, and be preaching and teaching from this book right here. We are a blessed nation and a blessed people to be able to do that. In fact, I want to share with you just a couple of quotes, just because I'm, I'm a history nerd, especially American history. I love American history. Uh, and one of my favorite presidents of all time was Theodore Roosevelt. He's our 26th president. He says this right here. This is a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. He says, a thorough knowledge of the Bible is worth more than a college education. And so I want to encourage our two students that are just graduated. Come on. As important and as useful and as valuable as a college education is, there is nothing more important than a thorough knowledge of the Bible. President Ronald Reagan, he was our 40th president. He said, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems men face. John Quincy Adams, he was our sixth president. This is what he says. My custom is to read four or five chapters of the Bible every morning immediately after rising. It seems to me the most suitable manner for beginning the day. It is an invaluable and inexhaustible mine of knowledge and virtue. So great is my veneration for the Bible that the earlier my children begin to read it, the more confident I will be, or the more confident will be my hopes that they will prove useful citizens to their country and respect, respectable members of society. Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good of the Savior of the world is communicated to us through the book. Thomas Jefferson, our third president, he said, I have always said and always will say that the studious perusal 
of the sacred volume, that means the Bible, will make better citizens, better fathers, better husbands. The Bible makes the best people in the world. Come on, that's good. Andrew Jackson, our seventh president, said the Bible is the rock on which the republic rests. Talking about our United States. The Bible is the rock on which this United States rests. Ronald Reagan, again, he says this, of the many influences that have shaped the United States into a distinctive nation and people, none may be said to be more fundamental and enduring than the Bible. Here's the last quote I want to give to you. It's from Harry Truman, our 33rd president, talking about our country. He says, the fundamental basis of this nation's law was given to Moses on the mount. That's a big claim, church. The fundamental basis of our Bill of Rights comes from the teaching we get from Exodus and St. Matthew, from Isaiah and St. Paul. I don't think we emphasize that enough these days, and I would agree with that. If we don't have the proper fundamental moral background, we will finally end up with a totalitarian government which does not believe in the right for anybody except the state. And we see that more and more in our country today. The more the Bible is pushed away to the side, the more we see our individual rights and freedoms being taken away from us as individuals. The thing about it is, is in the Bible, it tells us what moral rights and what, what rights we have as people, as children of God. And I believe as a country, we should protect those rights. So I don't, I'm not going to get off and get all into political things, but this is the point I wanted to make today. We are a blessed people that our country is founded on biblical ideas. It's framed with biblical morality, and it has been encouraged and taught in our country all of these years since the beginning of our country. It's been encouraged that people look to and read from and study the Word of God. And, and because of that, we as a nation, we, we've got this idea that this is just the way our world works. But the truth is, there are over 60 countries in the world where the Bible is illegal. This book right here is illegal to carry, illegal to own, illegal to distribute, illegal to teach or preach from. And so we here at Calvary Tabernacle, Brother Billy, he brought this to me several weeks ago. We want to make sure that our, our goal is to make sure that every Christian, every believer has the ability to have the Bible in their language, and in their homeland. And I know that's a, a big goal. It's a big ambition, but we serve a big God, and we believe that he can do it, that he wants to do it. And even more than that, he has given us the opportunity and the responsibility to make sure that that happens. In Matthew chapter 28, I preached from this several weeks ago, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of a few of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, right? No, all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. He gave this responsibility to believers. Not only is it just a good idea, but it is a command from God, a responsibility from God to go into all of the nations and to make disciples. And then he goes on to say, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and then he gives the promise, be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so that's our goal. 
is to help every believer to have access to the Bible in their language and in their homeland. And, and so what does that look like for us? How are we going to accomplish that? We're actually going to partner with two different ministries. One is uh, version, which if you've got the Bible app on your phone, chances are it's probably the version Bible app. Uh, the version Bible app has over 1,500 different translations in the, so if you just get on the Bible app and you scroll through, you can find your favorite translation, translation the King James, New King James, New Living Translation, English uh, Standard Bible. I mean, you can, English Standard Version, you can find all different kinds of translations. We have this wealth of knowledge and this wealth of translations that we can look at and study. But the truth is there are over 7,000 active languages in our world today, and the full Bible has only been written in 600 of those languages, 600 out of 7,000 languages. Now, whenever we're talking about the New Testament, that number goes up to over 1,700 languages that the Bible has been translated into, just the New Testament. But we're talking about there are many, many people who are speaking many, many languages that don't even have access to one single scripture from the Word of God, and it is 2022. And there are so many languages, so many people groups that don't have the ability to look at the Word of God and read it for themselves. We have here in America the ability to get on YouTube and find our favorite preacher or our favorite theologian or, or read books uh, speaking about theology, and, and uh, we can study from different angles and different denominations and different ideas. And there's some people that they don't have that ability. And if you came up to them and told them a truth from the Word of God, they wouldn't know whether it was true or not because they don't have a Bible to go back and look and to see if what they're hearing is the truth. And let me tell you, church, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have the opportunity to look into the Word of God for myself and see what it says for myself. And so we are going to fund or help fund this Version project. It's, it's a project with over 30 different Bible organizations that you'd be very familiar with, Zondervan, Wycliffe, uh, New Living Translation, uh, CSB, a bunch of other uh, publishers and translations of the Bible are teaming up, to, and it is their goal to, within the next 11 years, make the Bible available for every single language on the earth in 11 years. That's a very short time. In fact, just a few years ago, this timetable was expected to be completed in the year 2150. Uh, but we see the church of God coming together, putting their resources together to make this happen. So it's their goal to make sure that this all happens within the next 11 years. And so what does that mean for us? Today, it means uh, that on average, it costs $35 to fund a verse of scripture, and there are still over 24 million verses that should that need to be translated. So, out of all the languages that need translating, and all the verses in all those languages, 24 million verses that need to be translated. Here's the good news: there are translators in place, there are processes in place to make this happen. They just need help to make it happen, and so we want to come alongside them and say, "Hey, it's our goal along with you." to make sure that every believer has access to the Word of God in their own language. Amen. 
YouVersion says if just 1% of Christians in America alone would fund the translation of 12 verses, this task would be completed. Just 1% of Christians in America, not Christians globally, 1% of Christians in America. So that's, that's pretty staggering. It's a pretty staggering statistic right there. The truth is 1 billion people are living in Bible poverty, don't have a single verse of Scripture to look at. So that's one way we want to accomplish this goal. We want to make sure that every believer has the Bible in their language. But not only that, we want to make sure that every believer has access to the Bible in their homeland. And uh, so let, let me tell you a little story. Back in 2010, I was just a young college student, real skinny, didn't have a beard. And uh, I was going to Bible college, and, and uh, we... At the college, we were required to complete an internship before we graduate. And so you could complete an internship in many different ways. One of the ways was that you could go on a short-term mission trip. And so I thought, well, that would be exciting. Like, that would be something I would really like to do. And, and so I prayed about it, and I looked at the list of all the different countries that were available to, to travel with, with a, a group of students and, and faculty and go to these different countries and, and help in different various ways. And I, pr- I prayed over that list, and I was like, God, I pray that you would just show me where to go. Show me which, which one to go on. And, and so landed on Southeast Asia, which I will admit to you was a stretch for me because of all the cuisines that I enjoy, Asian food isn't one of them. <laughs> I don't. I haven't really had any Oriental food that I particularly enjoy. If we're going out to eat, I'm not going to suggest Chinese, Japanese, Mongolian, anything like that. I'm going to go with your with your Mexican, your Italian, all those kinds of things. Uh, I guess I'm pretty basic, uh, but I just felt the Holy Spirit leading me in this direction, and so I said, "You know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to do it." So I signed up for it. And there is a, uh, a certain amount of money that you had to raise to, to go on this excursion, on this trip, on this missions trip. And, and I remember raising funds, and that was a trying time in my life because I'm a broke college kid, and I'm not making much money, and there's not a whole lot left to be distributed around. But God blessed it, and he made it happen. And, and I come to find out about halfway through the planning process with our group, uh, we were going to smuggle Bibles into a communist country. And I can't let you know all the details because we are recording our service this morning. But this opportunity was given. They said, hey, if you want to smuggle Bibles into a place where it's illegal to do, you have the opportunity to do so. And, and so there was a group of 23 students, including myself. And every single one of us students said, you know what? I want to do it. I want to do it. And our, our leader said, you don't have to. It's, it's dangerous. It's definitely illegal. You know, if, if you were to get caught, you could get in, into some trouble. So we're not saying that you have to do it while we're there. But if you want to be a part of this opportunity, you can. And let me tell you, my heart obviously was, was pulled to do it. But what was so incredible to me was that every single student, some of us are just 18, 19 years old, said, hey, I will do it because I believe that this book is worth sharing with people who need it so desperately but don't have access to it. And so we smuggled a little over 20,000 Bibles into this communist country that week. 
It's an incredible experience. In fact, I'll go ahead and, and show you a quite embarrassing picture of myself pre-beard days. That's me on a bed in this country with a backpack stuffed full of illegal Bibles <laughs> right there. And so it was an incredible moment, a very nerve-wracking moment. I shared the story with our, our students this last Wednesday. And uh, let me tell you, it, it, was, uh, it was one of the scarier moments of my life, but it also was kind of a lot of fun, too, so we enjoyed it. But here's what I wanted to, to share with you. is Not only are we going to help fund this task of translating the Bibles, but we also want to help fund the task of Christians all over the world that are helping to smuggle Bibles into countries where it is illegal to take them. And uh, so placing a Bible in the hands of every believer is a task that the global body of Christ can accomplish in this generation. There are over 60 countries where the Bible is banned, it's confiscated, or considered illegal propaganda. In fact, in China right now, the government is taking the Bible and they are rewriting it to suit their own propaganda and trying to distribute that. So the need for Bibles in China is so great. There, it's not illegal to have a Bible but the government there is trying to make the Bible suit their propaganda. And so it's even more important for Christians now to take the Bible, the true word of God, into these places and share. And uh, here's another bit of good news. There are Christian brothers and sisters that they're risking arrest, imprisonment, beatings, and even death to take this book into countries where it's not allowed. And uh, so we can, I listen, it, this is big on my heart just because I've had the opportunity to do it and to see the need and the demand for Bibles there. In fact, the, the country that we took the Bibles to, we almost didn't get them to the underground church there. There was a high-speed car chase and all kinds of <laughs> factors involved with getting that there. But this is what the underground pastor told us after he successfully got the Bibles to the place that they were going to go. He came back and told us, he said, you, he said, I wish you could have been there and have seen the looks on their faces whenever we brought those bags in, all of our suitcases and backpacks, whenever we brought them in to the church that's in hiding, just to see them being able to hold a full, some of them have never even held a full copy of the Bible before, because a lot of these places the families there, they'll take the Bible and they'll tear pages out of it and share it amongst the families in the churches there, in the underground churches, just so that somebody has a portion of Scripture that they can read and study. And after they read and study and highlight and mark and all these things, they'll pass those pages on to the next family and they'll exchange different pages from the Bible so that they can read and study. He said, you, you would not believe your eyes, if you were to see their faces and the joy and the expression of joy on their faces whenever they receive these Bibles. And this is happening nearly every single day all across the world where Christian believers finally getting the opportunity to own a Bible for themselves, even though they have to keep it in hiding. And so we want to help make this happen. There's an incredible organization called Voice of the Martyrs that we're going to help. They're their goal is to make sure that every believer in every country, restricted or not, has access to the Bible in their language and in their country. And so we want to come alongside them and do that. I want to tell you a story from Voice of the Martyrs. It's called The Four-Legged Smuggler. 
It says this, after several boxes packed with 200 Bibles were strapped to its back, the donkey and its handler headed for the Syrian border, hoping to make it through security and into the war-torn country. They had previously used the same route to smuggle 50 Bibles to a group of Syrian believers, but more Bibles were needed thanks to the growing number of Muslims turning to Jesus. And when they arrived at the border checkpoint with their cargo of 200 Bibles, they were turned away by armed guards. But instead of conceding defeat, the donkey's handler took a calculated risk. He led the donkey along the border until they were out of view of the guards and then quickly sent the donkey across the border by itself. The donkey already knew the rugged mile-long path into Syria and had been rewarded with a candy bar on its last trip. So the handler was confident that it could make the trip without his help. Shortly after the donkey crossed the border alone, the handler received a text message from his contact in Syria saying, shipment received. This voice of the martyr worker said, it's the most unique Bible smuggling story I've ever heard. But as unusual as the story is, the truly amazing aspect of it is that there is a growing demand for Bibles coming from former Muslims in Syria. As incredible as a donkey finding its way, and I believe it's just led by the Holy Spirit to where it needed to go, and as incredible as that was, he says the most incredible thing is that there are Muslims in Syria that are turning to Jesus Christ. Come on. He says the fact that Bibles are going in is an indicator that there is growth among the believers and maturity spiritually. That is what is most Exciting. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Rick. Thank you very much. Thank you. I love this. Richard Wormbrand, he's the, the founder of Voice of the Martyrs. He was in prison for Christ for quite some time and beaten and abused for knowing Jesus. This is what he says. He says, I would not believe in a Bible if it would not be worth it to smuggle it in everywhere, even at the greatest risk. And it would not be worth it to sit 10 days, or and I would not believe in it if it would not be worth it to sit 10 days and nights alone in the cold in order to be able to read its wonderful pages. It's a beautiful statement. Listen, we don't even need to believe in this book if it's not worth sharing, even at the greatest cost to us. Voice of the Martyr states that $30 can help as many as five Bibles get across the borders and into the hands of Christians in restricted nations. And so one thing that we want to do is make this opportunity available to you to be able to give to help Bibles not only be translated, but also taken into these countries where it's hard or restricted or illegal to do so. And we want to help fund this, this effort and this movement because we believe in this book. <laughs> we believe in the power that's within its pages and the power of God that's represented within it. We believe that it is the written word of God. And we, one of the greatest stories, the greatest story ever told is that God sent his son Jesus down the logos, the word of God, to make known the heart of God to his people. He was the living word of God. But not only that, not only did he leave us with Jesus, but he also left us with a written copy of his word. 
These are Spirit-inspired scriptures, Holy Spirit-inspired scriptures. This is the Word of God, and we believe in it fully here at Calvary Tabernacle. And, and as a result, we feel it's our responsibility to help other believers all over the world have access and the opportunity to read and to understand and to hear this life-giving message. And so there's several ways that you can give, and we want to encourage everyone who's able to just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to give? We're not asking someone to give $10,000 or $100,000 or nothing like that. We're just saying, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to give? And just follow his leading, whatever it is. Just follow his leading. There's several different ways you can give. You can give just as Brother Rick did and, and put it in an envelope and mark it uh, to go to missions. Inside the envelope, there's a little check mark. You can check missions. What we're going to do is every missions offering that's, getting, that's given, we're going to support our missionaries that we already support both locally and all of the money that's left over in that budget is going to go towards our Bible uh, translating and our Bible smuggling efforts. Um, so you can give anytime. You can give online. You can drop an envelope in our offering boxes at the back, just however you want to give. We want to thank you for, for taking a part in this. I love Brother Billy. He came to me. And he said, the Holy Spirit's put it on my heart that we're to do something about this. And so I'm excited about the vision that he has given our pastor and our church to do this. I want to share with you real quick from Matthew chapter 4. In verse 1 it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. And during that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. Remember, Jesus is hungry. He hadn't eaten for 40 days. That's probably getting on up there where you're, you're about ready to just eat a rock if you had to. <laughs> he said, Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus told him in verse 4, No. The scriptures say, someone say the scriptures. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. I love Jesus in this moment. He's saying this there is nothing more important than the word of God. It's our body's biology to crave sustenance, to crave food. It's the, the biggest craving that your body can have is the craving for food, craving for nutrients. And Jesus says this, even that pales in comparison to being fed the word of God. So we don't take it lightly here at Calvary that we have the opportunity to read this book, to study this book, to pour over its pages and be fed by this book, and we want to make sure that every Christian all over the world has that opportunity as well. So if you are able, we'd love for you to come alongside us and join us in doing that today. I want to pray, and then our pastor is going to come. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that we live in a place and in a time where your word is, is not foreign to us. Your word is, is not hard to find, but we can go to any store, we can go to any hotel, and we can find it right there at the tips of our fingers on our phones. Lord, I thank you for the 
opportunity that we have to feed from your word. And God, I pray for our Christian brothers and sisters all over the world who are coming to know you in countries where, where it's hard to do that and where they're oppressed and where they're beaten and where they're uh, disowned by their families for doing so. God, I pray that you would comfort them. God, I pray that you would give them peace, that you would give them strength in those situations. And God, that you would help us to, to better understand and know how to reach out and to share the gospel and to share the message that's contained in these pages with the world that's lost and dying. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity you have given us to come alongside some wonderful organizations and to make sure that everybody has this opportunity to read your words. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless this effort, that you would bless Calvary for, for taking this step, God, and that you would cause increase to come so that we can be a blessing to the world around us. In Jesus' name, someone say amen. Amen. Thank you so much, church. Well, we thank Brother Sam for researching that, how we can participate. We may never go to a foreign country, and some of these countries that Brother Sam has mentioned, they're not asking for missionaries. They just want a Bible, and God can give great truth to those Bibles, and we might be surprised how many of them we might meet in heaven when we get there, never been there. And Psalms 2 and 8 said, if you'll ask for me, said, I'll give you nations. All we have to do is learn to ask, and God is going to give nations for the kingdom of God. We'd like to take your Bibles and turn to Mark, the ninth chapter, verse 23 and verse 29. I really thank Brother Sam for looking into that and working it out and making sure that our money is going to the right places. When you put your money in the good soil, you're going to get a return. And so it's making sure that the Bibles is going to be our money just strictly for those Bibles. So God bless you if you're there. Mark 9 and verse 23 and verse 29. We're going to read those. Then we'll minister a few minutes and they'll come back and sing. If thou canst believe, all things are what? To him that what? If we can believe, all things are what? Possible. Possible. All things are possible. Nothing is impossible. In verse 29, And Jesus said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but what? We're going to title this this morning, Pacific Instructions. Now, God gives specific instructions about what he wants to do. He never leaves anything undone. When he told Noah how to build the ark, he gave specific instructions how it had to take place. When Moses built the tabernacle, he gave him strict instructions how to do it. And then he told Moses to strike the rock the first time, and the second time he said, speak to it. And Moses struck it the second time. And God said, come and go with me up to Mount Nebo. And I let you look over in Canaan's land to see what you could have had, but what you missed by not being following my specific instruction. Now, what we want to share with this morning, God may not cut you off, but you will not get the best that God has in your life unless you learn 
to follow his specific instruction, what he gives. And every man thinks he's right in his own eyes. We think sometimes we have a little bit of right to deviate. You, you go ahead and deviate, but you will not get the best that God has planned for our lives. So we're going to share that for a few moments this morning. All things are what? To him that what? Believe. All things. Not anything, just this and that. But all things are possible. And this kind can come forth how? By only fasting and praying. Now some things you can get just by praying, but there's some things we're not never going to get until we do what? Fast and pray. Because there's some problems a little bit more difficult than others, and there's some demons that bunched up together, and they're harder to upset, and prayer alone will not do it. But when there's prayer and fasting, something tremendously takes place in the kingdom of God. And that's what God wants us to know. A principle is implied here where there is little faith a lot of time. There is little prayer and fasting. We must rise up and see the kingdom of God sometimes is only moved forward by what? Prayer and what? Fasting. Pacific orders of God. These is God-pacific orders how to do things. And there is much faith. A lot of people believe that you ought to pray one time and you ought to get what you ask for. How many ate food yesterday? I don't guess any of you did. Peggy did. How many are going to eat food today? The breath you took last second won't do unless you get another one. Is that right? You need to hang out with some people, and we got some in here that's been on oxygen. The difficult trying to breathe sometimes, it frightens you, right, Brother Melvin? When you're just trying to get that next breath. Listen, it's the same way God has told us. You cannot pray one prayer and call it it. Sometimes you're going to have to be like getting the next breath of air. you got to keep praying, keep praying, and keep fasting until it comes. Amen? God said it give the manna every day. The seed, the Word of God. You must read the Word of God on a daily basis if you're going to have the splendid blessings of God. They're not going to come no other way. The wonderful things of God. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the kingdom of God. Billy Graham was in a crusade in Japan. Japan has never known to have a revival, a spiritual revival. This could be some of the beginnings, sending books there, Bibles there. And he asked them why. And one of the major leaders of Japan said, because the Word of God has never been clearly explained to us. Listen, God wants you to understand the Word of God. That's where the blessings come when you understand the Word of God and what it really means and what it is for. Jesus gives these principles. The worst kind can be only be conquered how? Hello? The worst kind can only be how? Prayer and what? Fasting. When you get together and pray and fast, something miraculous is going to happen. All things are what? 
to them that what? But some things only come how? By what? They asked Jesus, said, how come we couldn't cast out that evil, violent, wicked spirit? And he said, only this kind by prayer and fasting. I want to share it this morning, in this message this morning, we're not dealing with flesh and blood, we're dealing with spirits. Everything in our lives is with spirits, evil spirits. This place is charged with evil spirits. You say, well, I thought the Holy Ghost supposed to be here. He is, but the evil spirit is here too to take the word once it's spoken, and if it doesn't get in our heart, he steals the word. We're wrestling with spirits, evil, wicked spirits. Everywhere you turn, we're covered with them. But thank God, we greater is he that's what? In us than what? Than he that's in the world. Specific instructions. Some of you have been to the doctor, and what does he give you? I know a friend of mine that worked with, he went to the doctor, and he said, the doctor told him, he said, I don't know why you even come to see me. He said, you don't come back no more. He said, I come. He said, I'm telling you what to do, and you don't do it, but you keep coming back. Listen, God is, says, I will do it. You ought to say that with me. I will do it. When you follow specific instruction, what God has said, he says, I will do it. I believe God is ready to give us miracles if when we get ready to receive them. I believe that. Two means union. It means witness. One can do what? How many can one chase? How many can two chase? Prayer only chase a thousand, but two, prayer and fasting can put 10,000 evil spirits to flee. Submit ourselves to God and we'll submit to the Word of God. God has really been pressing on me here lately. I'm a little nervous this morning. You're going to have to become, I'm just talking about me, what he told me. He said, you're going to have to become a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. What you hear from me, you're going to have to learn to do it. Then I will do what I said I would do. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. John 8. Verse 17 and verse 18. You find that too in the chasing a thousand, Deuteronomy 32 and 30. Verse 17 says, It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is what? He said, It's written in your law, the testimony of what? Of two men is true. When there's fasting and there's prayer and they're joined together, I tell you, you'll be able to chase 10,000 evil spirits out of our home and out of your life. You, sometimes we say, well, I got this problem. You got a spirit problem. We got all kinds of going on things in this world, what needs to happen. The main thing wrong with this world today is S-I-N. We have a sin problem, a spiritual problem, an evil problem, we ought to all stand to our feet right now. I guarantee if you hear what's going on in this world today and what they're trying to teach our kids in school and what they're trying to overtake, what things are going on, but I want you to know when the church, I hope I wind up here in a minute, when we learn to fast and pray and pull together, we're going to overturn all these evil, wicked spirits. 
when the church binds together in a force of unity and harmony, of fasting, praying, I wonder what would happen if all of our congressmen and all our senators would do when a 9-11, when they hit those buildings, what did they do? Anybody remember what all of our congressmen and senators did? They got out on the front steps, hugged one another, and began to pray to God. I wonder what would happen today if we was to step out of our house and hug one another and begin to pray to God and begin to fast and to pray to God what God would do when we got specifically instruction for him to do it. Well, I'm praying for instructions. You already got it from the Word of God. That's the talking book. It tells us what to do, and it tells us how to go about doing it. And we do make mistakes, but thank God for the blood of Jesus. He forgets your mistakes. I am one, verse 18, I am one that beareth witness of myself. And the Father that sent me beareth witness in me. Now, he said, we got two here. He said, we got two. Got me and the Father. Jesus said, we got me and the Father. We're both bearing witnesses. One of us has chased a thousand, but two of us can chase how many? Ten thousand. When we walk in agreement with the Word of God, some people say, well, you'll never get agreement between two. Me and Peggy was talking one time, or maybe Peggy and I was talking one time, she said, well, it's like a battery. It said it's positive and negative. It said the truck won't crank without the positive and negative battery. I have never figured that out yet, which one's a positive, which one's a negative. But I have figured this out. It's the two together, hooked up together. You turn that switch on, and that thing is going to crank off. Is that right? We need not to concern who's the positive and who's the negative, but when we get together, I guarantee you something mighty and miraculous is going to happen in the world because it's coming. Don't look for the world to straighten out this thing. It's got to come from the church. It's got to come from the body of believers, of the living Word of God, of the blessings of God. We're going to be more blessed than we ever thought we are blessed. Amen. You know, the Bible said when they received God and the Holy Ghost in their life, they went everywhere telling what Jesus had done in their lives. They were just magnifying the Lord everywhere what Jesus had done in their lives and how the blessings of God. Acts 14, verse 21 and 23, Barnabas and Paul got together and said that we must through much tribulation. Somebody ought to, I know, no, I won't say that because some don't like to hear that. You can only enter into the fullness of kingdom of God by much tribulation. There's no easy way. There's no floating in. There's no drifting in. And Jesus even said the same, straight is the gate and narrow is the way, and the violent taketh by force. We're living in a violent, corrupt world. But the church is stronger than the violent, corrupted world. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We are victorious in all things, even in tribulation. There's something miraculous taking place in the kingdom of God and what God would like to do in our lives. And they got together here, said much tribulation to enter the kingdom of God. And they ordained elders of every church. And then they had prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. 
We started the first year. The first sermon was prayer and fasting. We've been trying to share one the first of every month. The importance of prayer and what? Fasting. Join together prayer and fasting and seeing the kingdom of God work. Now I'm going to turn to Second um, Chronicles chapter 20. We're not going to read all those scriptures. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, had received a report that there was a large, masses army gathering around. How many believe that there is a large, massive army of evil spirits gathering around today? Everywhere you turn, you're hearing what? Everybody, maybe not everybody, but most everybody's telling you how bad things is. Is that right? But I want you to tell you there's some good things happening. I want to tell you when the massive army is gathering around you, there's an army greater than that is already established around you. There's something greater than what's around us is with us and for us than we can even imagine what's going on in our lives. So they brought this to Jehoshaphat and told him that. Verse 2 said, A great multitude has come against you. Great multitude. Our weapons is not flesh and blood. Our weapon is spiritual authority and power and supernatural. And he explains it right here. We're going to go through this. He explains what we need in our lives and in this world is a supernatural power of God to face our enemies that he is mighty and powerful. Don't never think the devil's not mighty and powerful. He can transform himself in the angel of light. He can make you think it's right when it's totally wrong and not in the will of God. So he gets together here, and he calls a fast for the whole nation. Wouldn't it be wonderful all American or all Christians would come together and do what? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if this whole church would come together and do what? And fast and what? So this whole nation came together and what? Fasted and prayed. And I know some of you take medicine, you couldn't fast. But I tell you, you could change your diet a little bit. You could eat vegetables. Daniel and him ate vegetables 21 days, and the Bible said in their face glowed because they was in the will of God. So he called a fast. For all the nations to fast. And all of them came together. The Bible said all the nations around about them came together and began to fast. Then they did something else. Then Jehoshaphat got him some praise and worship team. He got him some singers. And they went out, the Scripture said, in the face of their enemy and began to sing and began to worship God. And the supernatural spirit of God. Hallelujah. I wonder what would happen when we would all come together. I don't know how many is here this morning. But if we would all come together with singing and praising and worshiping God in the face of your enemy. In the face of your problems. In the face of your troubles. In the face of your trials. I've got problems. Amen. Does anybody here don't have any problems? I'm learning when I get up in the morning, I'm learning to sing unto the Lord and sing all day unto the Lord. We must learn to sing, specific instruction, to sing 
and to praise God in the midst of our problems and the supernatural power of God came sweeping down out of glory and discontinued that whole army. Now watch this. And they got messed up in their mind, Brother Mevin. Your prayer and fasting can cause your enemy to get messed up in his mind. And the first thing he'll know, he said, I can't fight against this. I got to leave. Thank God there's going to be some spirits leaving your home, leaving this country, leaving our houses, and leaving our world, and leaving our government. When the Spirit of God begins to move in their lives, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen when we pray and when we fast. It's going to happen, church. Wonderful things is happening and greater things is going to happen. The good things of God is taking place. I read just recently, this man was very wealthy, owned a very successful company, but he was an alcoholic. I was thinking about Sue Berry the other day. Is that all right, Sue? You think it's all right, Okay. When she sold her company the other day, she told him, said, this company was built on prayer. You know what the owner said? I would like for you to keep praying that this company would be successful under our administration as it was under your administration. They asked David Green, Hobby Lobby, the largest type of company he has in the world, what made your company successful? What was the number one thing he said? prayer, when we begin to pray, begin to pray in the face of your enemy, even though about how bad you feel, start praying in the face of your enemy and watch the supernatural power of God begin to work in the face of your enemy. This man came home one night. He brought his alcoholic fellers with him, come in the house, and his wife called him to the side and said, listen, I put up with your alcoholism all these years. I love you, and I'm going to continue to love you. But I am not going to allow these men to come into this house and drink their alcohol. He said, I'm leaving. He begged her not to leave. He says, I'll quit. She says, I've heard that before. I've heard it so many times before. But I am leaving. He fell down on the floor. And cried out to God. And I want you to notice what he prayed. God, deliver me from the spirit of alcoholism. If you read the four Gospels, most of the time, Jesus was dealing with spirits, infirmity spirits, spirits that crippled, spirits that messed up their minds, and things like that. He said, I cast him out with the Spirit of God. I mean, you know that you can cast out any demon that comes to your house, not in your flesh, not in your knowledge, not in your understanding, not in reading the Word of God, but having faith for the Spirit of God and speak the Word of God and believe the Word of God and they shall depart from you. He got up the next morning. His wife said, I didn't believe him. I didn't believe him. He got up the next morning and said when he began to pour the most expensive alcohol he had down the sink, said, I knew something had happened. He threw away all of his cigarettes. 
got rid of all that. He went to work next morning, called the people, top people of his company, said, I have quit alcohol. They didn't laugh out loud, but they laughed under their breath. We've heard that before. But I want you to know this morning when you fall down on your face, David said, I cried. How many know this time where God's people began to start crying? I'm not talking about just a slow prayer. God help me. Crying out from our heart, all of our soul and all of our might and all of our strength, we're going to see deliverance in the kingdom of God. We're going to see people chained that have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and never been chained. But David said, I cried out aloud, cry out aloud unto God, and he was delivered and set free, went to church with his wife, got the Holy Ghost, become a deacon in the church, and Woo, glory to God and gave much finances to the church. Come on, church. The money is out there. The world's got the money. But God has given us power and authority on how to get it. It's coming. I'm going to preach a message for long about the end time revival. God has an end time revival he's going to bring and he's going to support it. You can be delivered when you cry out. When you cry out. Mm. Talking to Sharon this morning. Y'all gonna see something. Right, Sharon? Can't, are we? Amen. At Needland one year, Sister Clark was preaching. She's about our age, and she said, I don't know who's gonna carry the baton when I'm gone. Her son jumped up out of that auditorium, ran down run beside of her and took her hand or her baton and said, Mama, I'm going to take it and run with it. Is that right, Sharon? She's conceded to take William's flag and start running with it across this front, representing the fire of God. Hallelujah. It was five years. Is that right? She prayed for William, and one day something changed in his life. I want you to know this morning when we cry and we pray and we fast and pray, one will chase a thousand and two is going to chase tens of thousands. We're going to see something we've never seen and witnessed before. We're going to see something turned over we've never seen turned over before because they cannot stand against the supernatural power of the living God. They'll stand against fever prayer, prayer of the flesh, prayer of the mind, just this slow prayer, but when it's a hot, fervent prayer set on fire by God, the devil is going to get so hot, he's got to get out of the kitchen. He can't stay in the kitchen with the fire of the living God. It's burning and blowing. I've created the furnace, the smith that blows the furnace. Shout hallelujah. Oh, when I was in the Navy, I wasn't in the boiler's room, but I visited once in a while. When they light those boilers and start them, Brother Don didn't probably know about it, and they'd start them huge blowers, you could hear it blowing. And the first thing you know, that thing began to tremble. I want you to know when the church of God catches on fire and begin to blow the fire of God like a dragon against your darkness, something's going to change. Something will change. All things are possible. I've got this in my spirit today. All things are possible when we come out of our slowfulness and on fire for God. We can be the Elijah of this time. We can be the representative of Jesus like it was in the book of Acts. Praise God. 
Don't just pray one time. If you don't get it now, pray until you do get it. If you don't get it till next time, pray till you do get it. Amen? If you can't get it, get somebody to fast and pray with you. There's people here in this church will fast and pray with you until you get it. This girl was three years old. She got polio. Left her a cripple. 20 years she was a cripple. 20 years she was a cripple. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Anytime you have a good thought, it comes from Him. Anytime you have a good feeling, it comes from Him. She had this thought come into her. If you will fast and pray, I will heal you. One month, two days out of every week, she fasted and she prayed. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. Feelings didn't change. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. After two months, nothing changed. After three months, nothing physically changed. Ooh. But something inside changed. How I many you know the first thing we're going to have to change inside? Amen? You can't go on like you're going and get the blessings of God. I know we're crying, well, we're blessed, we're blessed, oh, we're blessed. Now, I'm not mocking, but I'm saying there's a greater blessing than we're blessed. There's a greater blessing than what we're seeing. There's a greater power and a greater authority in what we've seen. If Jesus had it, then we'd have it. If the book of Acts had it, we can have it. If others has had it, then we can have it. But she felt this change on the inside of her. And the next thing she knew, she was what? What was she? Healed from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Hallelujah. The supernatural power of God stirred her heart so that she believed what God had said. You're healed. And she was healed. You're delivered because God said you're delivered. Can I have an amen? God says you are delivered. Amen. Agree with the word of God. I am delivered. I am free. Whom God has set free is free indeed. You're going to see this pews full and standing room only. You're going to see a helicopter bringing the worst cases out there. You're going to see the ambulance bringing the worst cases out there. You said, how do you know that, Brother Billy? God has put it in my spirit. If I will believe, if I'll speak it and I'll talk it, you can have it. You cannot have what God has promised until you learn to walk by faith and speak it and visualizing what God has told you you can have. I know I've told you this story before, but Peggy won't tell it again, right? She's not sure, but anyhow, I'm going to tell it anyhow. I've been prophesied over one morning up here, a guy from uh, one of the foreign countries here, and he told me some things about me and what I was. What did I say? I don't believe I'm that. Another guy came and prophesied over me and told me another something else. And I said, I don't, boy, I believe that or not. After many years later, I called that other guy and asked him about it. I said, I've never seen it manifested. 
You know what he told me? Huh? Pam, what did he tell me? Huh? You didn't believe the infallible, destructible, corporal word of God. The prophet was over you. You didn't believe what the prophet said to you. You didn't accept what God has said to you. That's why it's never manifested. It's still there. But if you start talking it and believe it, it will manifest itself. The supernatural power of God will manifest itself in your life, and you will see the results of it. Faith is up here first. You've got to thank it, believe it, and act in it, and then it gets in your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not in the mind, but in your heart. Praise God. Blind Bar Mavis said, cried out aloud. They said, hush, hush, hush. What does the devil tell you when you start speaking the words of God out loud? Somebody want to help me out? What, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And what are you going to feel? Embarrassed. And you're going to quit talking it. But they said, hush, Barnabas, Barnabas, hush. Don't, don't do that. And what did he do? What did he do? David said, I cried aloud. I mentioned this before. A guy went into service just a little bit before I did. He said, I cried aloud every night, and I didn't care who knew it. I wanted out of that place. He got out. I think they thought he might have been messed up up here. But Barnabas, glory to God, I feel to tell you this morning, and I mean to tell you, Barnabas didn't look at what he had, what he felt, he didn't look at what they were saying. He was looking to Christ, the Redeemer of the world, that had said, if you look upon me and the serpent been lifted up, the brazen serpent, thou shall live. He kept his eyes on Jesus. He kept his eyes on the healer. Not on his feeling, not what people are saying, hush. The devil don't want you to cry. The devil don't want you to shout the things of God that you want from God. He wants you to open, David, the Lord wants you to open your mouth wide and I will what? Feel it. Have you ever watched, Brother Ken talking about watching the buzzing, but how many have ever watched a bird, a mama bird feed the little ones? What are they doing when they're sitting in that nest before mama gets there? Uh, come on, what, what are they doing? <laughs> Probably one of the crowd and the loudest has got the hungry stomach is the first one the mama goes to. Oh, I'm going to tell you, church, God is coming to your way when you cry out aloud. When you don't mind what anybody says and what anybody thinks, I'm crying aloud. I think, Brother Ken, hadn't you cried aloud a lot of times when you was working off and trying to find God? Cried aloud and don't care who knows it. You want to quieten the devil? Start crying aloud. Don't go by your feelings. Don't go by what it looks like. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Don't let Brother Don and them come. And what do they feel like doing? The, the pray team as they come. The Bible says as they come. They sang praises to the Lord in the face of their enemy, the army, 
the supernatural power of God showed up. He was there, and he brought deliverance for that whole nation and set them free. God bless you for being here today. There's a miracle in your mouth. Hmm? There's a miracle in your house. I love that song, Brother Ken. You sing, there's a miracle coming down that dusty road. But I believe the miracle has done come and got in the house when you begin to pray. Hallelujah.